you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. My guest today is the CEO of Audience View, Mark Fowley. But first, how's everybody? Let me know what you're up to. Um, I've been checking in and making sure that at the beginning of each podcast introduction, I ask how you're doing. I really do mean this. I really do want you to check in with me, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Let me know what's going on. Um, I'm here for you if you want to talk, if you want to bounce an idea off of me, um, if you want somebody to crack a couple jokes and make you laugh, I'll do my best. Um, but send me an email. It's daviddavewakeman.com. I want to know how everybody's holding up because I know that this has been an incredibly difficult time. Uh, and even as I hope everybody has had a chance to get a little bit of a summer break or do some kind of fun summer things um, without uh, you know, the pandemic holding over their head the entire time, I understand how difficult it is. Uh, Just the other day, the D.C. public schools announced that D.C. kids will be going back to school remote only until at least November. Um, So I understand people are under a lot of pressures that they haven't been before. They're dealing with things they maybe aren't sure how to handle. Um, So, you know, make sure you check in with me. Let me know how everybody's doing. Let me know if there's any way I can support you. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. I want to point you to a couple of my friends. Um, people who have been longtime supporters, longtime friends, longtime just awesome people. I'll start with my friends at Booking Protect. Um, you know about them, right? Um, Simon, Kat, Kath, Abby, Sophie, the whole team. Some of the nicest, greatest people in the world. Um, and they are working tirelessly to make sure that everybody in the industry can get back on their feet as fast and as as securely as possible. Um, Sophie, who runs the social media stream for Booking Protect, has been doing a killer job on Instagram. She has been posting tons of pictures, quotes, and content about uh, live experiences and what they mean to people, Um, uh, lessons learned during the pandemic, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, So, you know, give them a follow on LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, Check the website out. It's bookingprotect.com. Like I've been teasing you for a while now, I am pulling together some stuff that's going to go over to Booking Protect exclusively um, about revenue and about lessons learned and about all kinds of cool stuff. You know, that's going to go right along with all the stuff that Sophie um, has been sharing and great articles by people like Kat who has been talking about how to rebuild trust with your customers and your audience now coming back, especially after some of the challenges that people dealt with at the start of the pandemic. I mean, it's just a great resource. So check them out, bookingprotect.com. And if you've been thinking about whether or not refund protection fits into what you're going to do when you come back, it's a good time to talk to them, right? So check them out, bookingprotect.com. The next people I want to point you towards are my friends at ActivityStream. That's um, a great team of people led by Anar and Martin. Um, if you don't know about my trip to Australia, um, I'm not going to tell you because um, me and the Activity Stream crew, we tore it up. Now we had, we, we It's completely fun. Um, but I got to know these guys way, way better than ever before. Um, activity Stream is leading the way to help people recover and overcome this pandemic and the financial crisis that surround it by putting together this incredible effort called the We Will Recover Project, which you can find at wewillrecover.live. And it is a group of 
I think, 20 at least people from around the world, you know, led by the folks at ActivityStream, including the audience agency After Digital, Stay 22, uh, TPC UK, TPC Australia, uh, Antix Management, Antix, Schubert Organization, Audience View, Eventum, SeatGeek, Ticket Business News, Giel Maiden, Kais, AXS, Secutix, me, QQ, Andres Ekstrom, and TRG Arts. Uh, I wanted to list everybody because I always forget to list somebody, and I tell you that um, the same people over and over again. But We Will Recover is a great resource with articles, webinars, video, um, a community platform, um, all kinds of great things. You know, so check it out at wewillrecover.live. It is, um, you know, a really great pl- way to learn how to take some ideas from around the world, incorporate them into your business, and help everybody recover from the pandemic. Um, one thing of mine I would like to point you to is the Talking Tickets newsletter. It's got a new home. It's at talkingtickets.substack.com. And what I've been doing in the Talking Tickets newsletter for the last couple of weeks is I have been running a survey. And the survey is going to help guide the content. Uh, guide the podcast, guide uh, a lot of stuff that I'm doing. Actually, the, the episode you're about to listen to with Mark uh, came due to the, the survey I was doing because people were like, oh, can you get Mark? And I was like, well, I probably can. Uh, and so, you know, that was some things. And then there's episodes with guys like uh, Harold Hughes from Bandwagon. You know, he's coming on. There's an episode coming up with him. So there's like some really, really great people coming up. Uh, people have asked questions about revenue generation, about uh, customer engagement, customer growth, you know, all kinds of great things. So get the newsletter at talkingtickets.substack.com, and I have been including that survey. And if you just want to fill out the survey because you're hearing this now and you haven't had a chance, send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. I can add you to the newsletter, and I can send you a link to the survey. Um, It's going to help me be a better uh, servant to you give you better ideas, help you point to to the right resources, and do all kinds of great stuff together. So check that out. The Talking Tickets newsletter at talkingtickets.substack.com Like I mentioned at the start, my guest today is Mark Fowley from Audience View. And I'm really excited for you to listen to this because Mark um, was really forthcoming with his ideas on leadership. Uh, one thing that's really stuck, there's been several things that have really stuck with me over the last couple of days since we recorded this. Um, but one thing that I really appreciated was how open Mark was about some of the things that have been successful for Audience View during the pandemic and leading through the pandemic. But he also talked about some of the really challenging um, situations that they dealt with as well. And something that I think is really important for people to keep in mind right now is that before the pandemic, we were all doing a very good job of sharing that Instagram-worthy view of our businesses and our lives, and I think we all recognize that that wasn't necessarily always a true and accurate reflection of who we are or where our businesses were, Um, you know, and so sometimes I've tried to do a better job of talking about where things are struggling or where I'm having success or where I came from or, you know, a little bit more regularly just to help put some of these ideas and concepts and things that I'm working on into context. And Mark does a really great job of that. And and it really has stuck with me over the last few days. So we talked about his leadership philosophy, his lead, the way he's handled leadership during this crisis. Um, and we talked about how he, 
he's setting audience view up with his team to be successful going forward. We talked about um, keeping the right mindset, and we talked about how um, you know focusing on some of these things that might not have they, that the, his team might not have a time to do in a normal environment has managed to help everybody keep a positive mindset. We've talked about innovation. We talked about revenue. We talked about recovery. We talked about a lot of the learning uh, and content creation that Audience View has, um, you know been putting together during the pandemic we talked about how you know how teaching people to change you know we talked about the interaction necessary to create real learning um we talked about uh you know the future we talked about a lot of stuff um this is like a really really i think an interesting conversation i'm excited for you to hear it and i'll be really excited to hear what you think um so without any further uh, things from me um Here's Mark Fowley from Audience View. I want to welcome Mark Fowley from Audience View to the Business of Fun podcast. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Dave. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, this is going to be awesome. Uh, people are very excited to hear uh, hear our conversation, so uh, hopefully we will do them justice. I know you will. It's more whether or not I do my, my part of the job <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm sure you're doing you're doing just fine. No <laughs> yeah. Now I want to start out by asking you something because I know Audience View touches markets around the world. Um, you know, through all the different properties you have and all the different partners. Uh, one thing I've been curious about when talking to everybody is how are you, you know what's your leadership philosophy been during the pandemic and the financial crisis around the pandemic? You, um, you know, as far as dealing with people and leading an organization right now. Yeah, that, you know that's that's a that's a great question, and and uh, obviously, um, you know, there's there's no there's no real playbook here for how to deal with a global pandemic, uh, particularly in the world of of live entertainment uh, and events. Uh, you know, it's it's unprecedented, as many people have commented, and and for us from the beginning, we kind of just looked at this from sort of four key areas, and and you know, obviously, the very first uh, concern was was the uh, health and and well being of our employees. Uh, and that meant that, you know, we, we immediately, in, you know, mid-March, um, went to a work from home protocol, which, which actually from a technology standpoint was, was not that difficult. Um, you know, we had to increase some bandwidth here and there and, and up our, you know, ring central accounts and things like that. But, but with a, a pretty large remote workforce on a, on a normal course of business anyway, uh, it, that wasn't a huge leap for us, but that was, that was first and foremost. It's just, Getting people out of the offices, getting them off, you know, public transit, and, and ensuring their safety and well-being. Uh, you know, the second um, goal was to really think about how we support our clients, and, and uh, obviously, uh, with the the volume of activity around rescheduling and, and cancellations, and just making sure that we were there for our clients uh, to help them through. Uh, provide them tools to to do things in a in a you know bulk uh, kind of way rather than than having to deal with individual transactions and, and and whatever we could do to assist in in allowing them to cope and and provide the best outcome for their patrons and fans and and you know their consumers so that was that was our second sort of core priority um, the third was was our own financial well being um, and. Obviously, you know, we've, we've suffered along with our clients and our, our, our industry peers, 
in the same way that a lot of our revenue um, in our cash flow, our ability to pay our employees and pay for our, our rent and our, and our infrastructure uh, is, is tied to a, the, the variable, variable revenue component of fees on ticket sales. And, and, you know, the vast majority of our revenue uh, is tied to our clients' ability to sell tickets and the, and the fees they pay us as a result of us, us helping with them with that. And, and so as a, you know, as a business leader, you know, one day, you know, literally waking up and thinking about growth and, and, you know, what the 2020 year ahead was going to look like and, and all some, some of the things that we wanted to do to, to innovate and, and, um, you know, strengthen the business and, and provide more tools and support to our clients, you know, for the normal world. Um, I actually went away on vacation at the end of February. And literally came back and went, okay, we we're shutting down the office. We're uh, going to be, you know, running this business with no inflows of cash. Um, and we're going to have to find a way to manage across, you know, what we thought at the time back in, in late February, early March would be maybe a four to six month period of prolonged industry downturn. That was kind of our initial thinking. Um, but when you assume that you're going to have no cash coming in, you, you've got to do things to uh, to protect the business, you know, in, in the best interest of, of our clients for the long term, all stakeholders, employees, shareholders and, and clients. And so we we took a difficult decision to furlough, um, you know, over half our staff um, in order to to ensure our long term viability. Um, we you know put some additional capital in place um, to to give us a backstop. Uh, and, and we, you know, we've been riding it out. Now, thankfully, you know, the, the world is, is starting to see some, you know, green shoots of, of recovery. Um, we're no longer thinking it's a six month, uh, period. Um, we're, we're obviously thinking now well into 2021 and, and we've continued to shore up our financial position to make sure that we can, we can ride that out. But, but it does mean, you know, making decisions in terms of your business operation. So those were really difficult decisions. And then the, the fourth sort of category was, um, something that we'll, we'll probably get to in a little while, which is really what are the learnings coming out of this? How, how do we, how do we strengthen ourselves as an organization, whether it's it's process, whether it's technology or, or you know, how do we better uh, prepare ourselves for what will be, you know, inevitably another industry sort of uh, event? And, and maybe it's a pandemic or maybe it's something else. But just to make sure that, that we're capturing, you know, learnings and best practices to improve and, and grow. Uh, so those, you know, from a leadership point of view. Those were the four things that, that I sort of spent my day on in one of those camps. Um, and, and to this day, I think it's, it's still uh, valid in terms of, you know, where we're spending our time. No, it's, um, it's very, uh, that was a very comprehensive answer. Uh, so, so thank you. I mean, that's, uh, it's a lot to bite off of, right? When we saw each other in New York in January, uh, I don't think either one of us were expecting what we've been dealing with and, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's great to hear somebody be so thoughtful about the way they, you know, the, the, the approach here, because um, I, I do think, you know, that the four to six month thing was, you know, that, that seemed reasonable at the time. And as it is adjusted or, you know, as our expectations have adjusted, um, it's been really difficult for people to know how to deal with things, you know, and that kind of leads me to, you know, partly about mindset and partly about innovation. But how, you know, how are you? 
keeping people motivated and how are you keeping the business moving forward when there's still so much uncertainty? And like you said, you know, now we're kind of thinking it's going to be 2021 before things come back. You know, it's tough, I think, for people to be motivated, for people sometimes to see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, to keep, you know, their focus on, you know, moving forward because it, it can be very, I mean, speaking as an American, it can be kind of um, daunting what we're dealing with. Yeah, no, it's, that's that's a, that's a great question, and and you know, there's there's a lot of aspects to this, but uh, I think fundamentally, um, we we view this as an unfortunate opportunity. Unfortunate that we need to go through it, but an opportunity for us um, to come out of this in a stronger position for our clients. And and what I mean by that is we're you know as as you know, audience view has been growing quite aggressively over the last uh, several years uh, with with three acquisitions and and along with those acquisitions we we had uh, a, you know a, a number of ticketing systems that we were building innovating and and maintaining and, and delivering to clients and 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 while that that sort of makes sense because it gives us the scale um, to address industry problems uh, across multiple segments in multiple geographies from, from the largest organizations down to, to the 99 seat theater. Um, doing that efficiently gets, gets, uh, more difficult the more systems you have to, um, enhance, innovate and maintain. So what we're, we're doing during this, this sort of industry pause, um, is we're taking the opportunity to consolidate our client base onto a, a handful of, of, of core products that will really allow us to, to, um, focus that engineering capacity and resource and, and build, um, more features in fewer places rather than less features in more places, if that makes sense. So, so we think that, that by, by having fewer products, but but the same concentration of engineering and innovation, we can move our clients forward much much quicker um, than spreading that out across multiple products. And, and and I think that efficiency will really bear fruit in a post COVID world where we we look at you know that feature set that's going to be really essential to our clients. Um, it may not have been the features that they were looking for. Uh, in a pre-COVID world, but, but, you know, the world's changed and, and we want to be nimble and, and, and still have a capacity to, to drive that innovation forward in support of what matters most as we come out of this COVID, uh, cycle. So from our employee standpoint, that's incredibly motivating. And, and our employees are working just phenomenally hard at executing this, this product consolidation and, and migration process to really allow our, our clients to get onto that, that sort of long-term system as quickly and as painlessly as possible and doing it while things are a little bit quieter on the, on the industry front. No, and the way you framed it is, I think, great because one of the things I, I don't want to discount anybody's um, concerns or suffering. But what I try to tell people all the time is like, when this does suck, and like you said, was it a um, unfortunate opportunity? It is an unfortunate opportunity because like you do have a chance to recreate your business and to rethink some of the assumptions that you've been making about how you do things. Um, and you can do it with almost a blank slate, which can be scary, but it, you know, as it sounds like from talking to you here, very exciting for people. And, you know, and that's the, 
kind of the spin I try to put on it. It's like all those things that you never thought you'd have a chance to do. Now's a great time to try some of them. And it, it, you know, and it's, and that's the kind of mindset I try to, you know, share with people. Um, because, you know, it is, um, how do I want to say it? It's, you know, it is unfortunate, but by focusing on like you are on, you know, innovation and consolidation and creating a better product, it also helps people focus on something positive, which is, you know, probably the fastest way to make sure their mindsets are correct or, you know, in the right place. And, you know, they aren't overwhelmed by the day-to-day news or the fact that there aren't shows going on because they're working on something that's awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, you, you don't get this opportunity, um, thankfully, <laughs> very often, <laughs> uh, thankfully, but, but, you know, for us, it, it, I mean, our, our plan was always to, to move towards, um, uh, a more sort of trimmed down, um, portfolio of key ticketing systems and then start building what we call our, our common modules that would work across any of those ticketing systems because things like, like payment processing, you know, to, to, to build support for a new payment method in multiple systems is inefficient. But if we have a single payment service, then all our ticketing clients can benefit from us adding innovation in terms of new, new payment methods or, or other, um, uh, aspects of, of, uh, you know, outside the core ticketing engine and, and doing it in one place, we, we build it once and every customer gets a benefit immediately, uh, as opposed to having to do it in multiple places. So this, this architectural product strategy around having more common components has been uh, a strategy that we've been we've been quietly working on for quite some time. This this industry pause has actually allowed us to, and and in some respects forced us to accelerate um, that uh, that direction, that vision, um, because it allows us to take cost out of the business as well. It's, it, you know, and I, you know, that's not, that wasn't the motivation initially as we set that vision. We, we truly believe innovation will happen on, on, as I said, uh, more features on fewer products versus less features on more products. So we've always believed that that's where our innovation is going to come from. But, but the reality is, you know, we're all adjusting in terms of business um, uh, realities and, and for us to have fewer products with fewer data centers and, and less PCI compliance audits. And like this, there's a, there is a cost element to this um, that has, um, uh, you know, given us um, the, uh, the comfort that now is the time to accelerate uh, this, this transition. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that sometimes when you're looking at, you know, change, people are afraid of it, you know, and I think that's universal because that's sort of how um, as a species we've evolved. But the thing you, you still have, I guess the way I put it recently before our pandemic happened was I gave a speech and I said, look, you have two choices, right? You can pretend that you can stick your head in the sand and pretend you're an ostrich, like change isn't coming, or you can embrace it and you can influence it and you can, you know, you can't control it, but you can influence it and make it go in a direction that's more to your pleasing, which is what you've kind of done. Um, one of the things that I really have enjoyed seeing you do is like the patron's perspective um, and a lot of stuff around community engagement and learning and education. Um, and as somebody who has a small platform like me um, doing some similar stuff, I'm kind of curious about the learning and the education and the community aspect of what you're doing. Um, because, 
you have, you know, like, like we talked about, you have a great opportunity to help people uh, understand how to use the technology better, uh, help them guide some of the changes that they need to make or want to make based on the pandemic uh, and, um, you know, create something better out of, you know, this, this, this situation we're dealing with, you know, how, what kind of guides the way that you're, you put the education and the community engagement together, you know, and what are some of the, some of the, um, I guess some of the exciting insights or things you've learned from, you know, putting the effort into this. You know, there's many here. So um, how long we got? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, we got all day. <laughs> we got all day. Uh, yeah, you, you got you've got the last call with the edits, so you can you can clean that up. But no, so seriously, here the 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 interesting um, thing is we we have 4,500 clients um, across the globe. Uh, and as I said, we have quite a range in all, um, you know, segments of the market, whether it be music or performing arts or, or sports and, 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 and college athletics and student life. So we've got, I, I think, one of the broadest um, uh, user bases uh, in the industry. And and the collective wisdom of that, you know, those 4,500 clients is incredible. Um, and so we don't pretend to know everything. We don't pretend that, that we can navigate through this, this, you know, post COVID world, this, you know, post pandemic reality, um, and, and, and be, you know, only take a leading position. We also have to follow. Uh, and how do you follow? You engage with your clients, you engage in discussion and you bring them together in discussion because that's where the best learnings, um, are coming out. And, it's amazing to see, we've always seen this with our client base when we've had our customer conferences, whether they're physical or online, that, that what, you know, an organization in performing arts can learn from sports, uh, or, or college athletics or vice versa. So we've really always encouraged, uh, our clients to, um, to, to work together and, and solve problems because they, they typically don't compete with each other, right? These are more, you know, geographically based, you know, a theater in Boston, uh, doesn't doesn't compete with a a you know college athletics program in California. So so the collaboration has always been there. Uh, what we've tried to do is is build some tools to to kickstart that in a in a more uh, meaningful way. Now we're pushing our educational content out through those tools, but we're opening it up for that that broader community to engage with us and with each other uh, as as people you know think through this these realities and. And as I said, no playbook here. I don't have one. Our clients don't have one. So it's going to be sort of crowdsourced in terms of what's what's the best path forward. And then we'll leverage that, you know, to to build tools um, once as we see, you know, the direction the industry needs to go to solve some of these problems. And so let me let me give you an example. Um, one of the things we're spending a lot of time on right now is is streaming and this this hybridization of events. And, you know, many clients are talking about socially distanced venues, which from an economic point of view, um, you know, I'm not sure how that works, right? If you're, by the time you space everybody out and, you know, remove seats or whatever you're doing, you're down to maybe 30% capacity in the house. And, and I'm not sure, not all content can, can be successful with a 30% fill of the house or, or the venue, you know, in, in, in case of sports. But by, by having a combination of live, um, attendance as well as virtual attendance and live streaming, then, then that opens up, um, a different, um, you know, customer or patron catchment 
You know, you're not you're not marketing and campaigning to your your database of of patrons in your you know local geographic area anymore because if I love a a, a comedian or or a music artist, uh, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. And so all of a sudden you got to think differently about how do you reach the the the, the fan or the patron, the consumer um, that, that really wants to engage in that content. And with virtual events, you're limitless. There's no borders. So we think that our our unique position with our consumer branded uh, properties, theater mania uh, in, in North America, what's on stage in, in the UK, laugh stub, electro stub, tune stub. We have you know seven plus million active users on those consumer sites, and and they are the they are the future audience as you move to this hybrid model of you know live in person and and virtual on the streaming side, and we think we we can bring the, that audience to our clients in a very unique way. So one of the things we've done with this technology strategy, the first thing we've done is connected up our ticketing systems so that you can publish those events directly into those consumer sites and and reach an audience that is much further out than the you know the 50 miles that you would typically market to around your, your the physical venue um and and this is you know collaboration from clients they're saying hey well, we got to find a way to survive in a in a, a world where there's restrictions on on how many people we can actually seat in the venue when we're able to open and i think that's that's really exciting and and we're we're delighted with the position we have to to really bring that audience development um, uh, model to our clients, uh, you know, so that they, they can be successful reaching a much broader, um, uh, patron set going forward. And those will become future ticket buyers, donors, you know, you name it. Yeah. I think, you know, you see the conversations about, Oh, you know, how the digital doesn't translate as well. And I look at it as like a really great opportunity as people are rethinking what they're doing now to take this moment of reset and ask themselves what their value proposition is to their audience, how we can create an audience that we can keep and engage, and then using these digital opportunities as ways to you know, seed some of the physical stuff because the reality is, is that a pandemic like this comes about every 100 years, um, and people have always come back to shows. So it's it, like, you said, like we talked about, it's a pause, it's an unfortunate thing, but I think it's, it, you know, it's recognizing where the trend is. And that trend is that people are definitely were spending money, more and more and more money on live experiences before the pandemic started. The opportunity should be, how do I take this, this moment where things kind of have uh, been shut down and use it as a launching point for even greater growth going forward? You know, and, and I'm, and I'd be curious if you've, you know, some of the conversations and some of the learnings that you've had had the opportunity to gain so far have been people around people rethinking things like that. Well, what can we use to tease our live experience so that these digital things don't just become sort of, um, you know, an end all be all, but they're part of a larger customer conversation? Yeah, I think I think, you know, again, this is where our community comes into play, because, because they're they're the ones that are sort of thinking collaborating amongst each other within their own organizations and with us to, to to see where where that sort of inventive engagement model can come from um but yeah so digital content for sure 
Um, but but there's there's things that you can still do even in a socially distanced world about engaging your 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 customers, your patrons um, to the venue, whether it be be tours, you know, limited obviously uh, in terms of numbers, um, uh, you know, getting you know backstage access, things like that. So I, I you know I think the 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 most important thing we can do as a vendor is not is not necessarily dictate or, or tell our clients um, this is how you should engage your patrons because everyone's different and, and their their ability to engage in certain ways varies from from client to client. But what we want to make sure we're doing is giving them the most flexibility with those tools, uh, in whether it's it's you know our our, our marketing console that, that publishes their events in, into our consumer properties, uh, our our marketing automation solutions that allows them to highly segment uh, and then push offers out to to those those customers um, that may have nothing to do with a physical event like a live event. It may be um, something you know unique. It, it, it could be um, you know we're seeing a lot of organizations move to outdoor uh, models. You know we've seen you know uh, the uh, the sort of drive-in theater style concerts and things like that. So it. The, the, I think the, the the reality is there's there's so many different things that clients are doing. It's the flexibility to be able to do those quickly and efficiently because let's face it, everyone's operating with less staff, and so you know what we can't do is is make the ticketing system. And I when I say ticketing system, I mean marketing, I mean CRM, I mean fundraising. We can't make the ticketing system um, a barrier to them quickly achieving those those things and some of them going to be trial and error so you, you just can't spend hours and hours on something and then you know find out it's not going to work and rip it down and start start with something else so that's our focus is listening to the to the market but making sure the tools are really flexible fast efficient and to the degree we can automated um, to get that efficiency in there because they, they are operating with less uh, headcount less staff to to do all this work and the point you make too about figuring out how to automate and use things better is important because I have been running a little survey uh, through my newsletter and through the podcast and everything. And one of the key takeaways that I've kind of learned from talking to people all over the world, you know, has been the, they want to learn how to use the systems more effectively, and they want to uh, they want to use the. the the full breadth and the full power of some of the technologies. I mean, I mean the audience view tech platform is, is a really great example um, of, you know, something that probably people don't recognize how powerful it is or don't use it to its full capacity in all cases. During this time, how are, you know, are there examples of how you're helping people learn to use the technology better or taking people through the education process so that they can maximize um, you know, the, the system, especially considering there is less staff there and there are different needs for engagement with their audience. Yeah, there's there, there's many examples. And I think I think the you know, what it comes down to is is what's the you know, back to what you were talking about, this education um, and community. And and so, you know, we've we've spent an enormous amount of time uh, over the last six months, uh, you know, from from the start of this covid crisis in building content. That, that quickly allows clients to figure out how to do, you know, bulk moves in terms of reseeding uh, of a rescheduled event, bulk cancellations and refunds, um, things around, um, you know, the, 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 again, the marketing automation of, 
of what offers and follow-ups do you, do you drive out to, to people, how they engage in, in those virtual streaming events and how do we uh, help them manage their, their registration processes for those things. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're not done. I mean, there's, there's plenty more. We don't have every feature, um, every, every tool in the toolbox, um, that our clients need. I don't think any system does. We, we recognize that. And, and again, you know, with our scale, with our large engineering, uh, commitment, we're able to innovate very quickly and build some of those things. But as you said, a lot of this was already in, in our product set. Um, and, and it's really been an education process. Um, and so, you know, this, this week we have a, um, uh, a sort of an online conference for, for many of our clients, um, where we've got, you know, a massive program of, of video content and best practices and how to tips. And, and, you know, we've got literally hundreds of, of users going through, um, this content this week as we speak. Uh, and so we continue to invest a substantial amount of effort in education, learning and collaboration with our clients, because, you know, that again, that that's where the, the community matters most. That's where the insights coming from. And we're, we're you know, we're going to try and facilitate that, but not get in the way. Yeah, no, I have always been a proponent or you know, an advocate for telling people like the only limit on any of these things that you in most cases is your creativity. And fortunately for all of us, that is a limitless well, because creativity is something we all have access to. And, you know, so like, you know, placing such emphasis on um, the community, right. And crowdsourcing these ideas. Um, you know, I, I can't underline that enough because like you talked about earlier, a theater is not necessarily competing with a sports venue in a lot of cases, but the, the learning that you can take from that um, can be so, so powerful and, you know, or, and vice versa, right? And giving people access in ways that is um, unique, it, you know, it, you could learn that because, I mean, I've taken backstage tours of theaters before. You could apply that to sports. It's, it's just really a great opportunity um, you know, to see some how other people are doing things, you know, how, you know, how you could do something a little bit better. You know, the thing I would encourage people is take what works for you. Um, you know, don't, you don't have to take everything just as it is. You can put your own spin on it. It's, um, you know, it's really like great when you, you know, all the content I see coming, coming through from you guys, it's, it, you know, it's like, it's been really well done and it's like so consistent. So, um, you know. Being somebody who does some of this stuff, you know, I applaud you for it because it can, you know, it doesn't always come out as well as you'd hope. So you've done, they, yeah. everybody's done a really great job on that. Well, well, thank you for that. And, and, and I think, you know, in some respects, um, you know, we're, we've been fortunate uh, in terms of our ability to invest in that um, relative to some of our peers, only because uh, we have we have a strong uh, financial backer that is you know backstop the company, and, and even though we did furlough um, uh, quite a number of staff, we've actually brought back um, a, a large number of those staff um, because we we have the, the sort of the financial strength um, and and certainty um, to do things that that you know I, I if you had asked me three months ago um, I would have said we'd be in a different position, but because of our our you know, uh, comfort with our financial position. Um, we're able to invest in these things that, that, uh, we wouldn't have before. Um, but we still need to be efficient. We still need to, 
put you know more wood behind fewer arrows and and so um you know we're we're continuing to do that but but the education component and the community component um has been front and center you know through all of this and and we're we're delighted that um you know it's being seen out there as as very positive and 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 professionally done because we do put a lot of effort into it yeah now i want to before we wrap up i want to ask you one or two things about revenue and recovery um because a lot of times what i end up talking about is money uh which is you know in short supply for people right now um where and and i guess i'll put it in the context of recovery right we talked about the virtual platforms uh virtual events some of these things um as we are able to start selling uh, shows and events again. Um, you know, where are some of the um, new revenue opportunities going to come from, or where are some of the revenue things that your your clients are talking about? If there are like some uh, you know new ideas or some things that people are investigating, maybe that they weren't thinking through before. You know, again, um, there, there's 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 you know variety of, of thinking, but but I think the the, the common uh, themes that I'm hearing, and it's early days, right? Like, let's face it, most of them are just trying to, to get ticket sales back, um, and and because th- there are limits to to where the how much revenue you can generate without events, um, because the events are the centerpiece of of their their engagement. Um, but but I think it's it's you know this combination of live streaming and 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 live, um, and and having a different sort of uh, ticket price. Uh, model for the, obviously you're going to the premium to be live in a socially distanced venue is going to be quite high. Um, many clients are concerned about the the economic um, exclusion area aspects of that though, uh, and so you're know, going to try and keep that price reasonable. Um, but then when you open up into virtual, you, you have limitless seating, so so that's that's interesting uh, to many clients. And, and, and how do you tap into that? And again, I think that's where we can we can really help them. Um, I, I think, you know, getting back to, um, and, you know, basics in the industry, um, and, and looking at donations as a, as a key source of, of bridging strategy. Like many clients are really fortunate to have strong supporters in their, in their organizations or communities that's allowing them to tap into, to, uh, a fundraising strategy to help bridge them across in terms of like new revenue streams i i I think you know everything i'm hearing is saying well we're going to dabble at this dabble at that but it would again it's tours it's it's um you know packaging you know merchandise if if you're uh, a sports organization but i i'm not sure where those inventive revenue strategies are going to come from because um i think people are still really focused on getting something back on stage, back on the field or on the court. And uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll work with them to, uh, to enable that in whether it's a trial, you know, basis, piloting different things, quickly testing the market on different ideas that they have. Um, but, but, you know, I don't think there's a silver bullet out there to say, you know, beyond selling tickets, this new revenue stream is going to be, um, you know, substantial, um, a revenue generator for the organization. So I think, I think we got to get those, those events back on. Yeah. I think that um, you said it very well when you talked about, we need to test. And that's sort of been a theme of our conversation today is the idea that like, we don't know for certain what's going to work or what's not going to work. We have to become really, really um, comfortable with testing and learning 
and adjusting. And, you know, and there, I don't know if there's a better definition for innovation than that. And, um, you know, it's been really, you know, I know so many people that work with audience view and all the different places. So I know, um, seeing the work that you've been doing, you know, it's been really cool for me because I know how, how much effort everybody's putting into it. And it's been really great to, um, to talk to you about this stuff because, um, you know, I think innovation and creativity is going to get us through this. Um, and when I see the stuff that you guys are doing, it's just, um, it's really exciting for me. So, um, thank you for doing the conversation. Where can I point people, um, to find out more about you or to find out more about what audience view is working on? You know, I think, I think the, uh, I would, I would suggest pointing to our website, um, at audienceview.com. Um, we've got a ton of content on there. As you said, we've, we've been very active in this, in this uh, regard. Um, we've, we've issued a press release recently that talks about our, our technology strategy and our sort of response to, um, this pandemic and what we're doing and how we're evolving. Um, and, and of course we have, um, a substantial amount of information around our, our products and services and partnerships. And, and, uh, so yeah, I would, I would say check out our website, have a look at our recent press release. Um, I've got a blog post that I've, I've done recently around our, our product consolidation. Um, that also talks to a bit, a bit more around our, our vision and where we're going. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great talking to you. I think you've done a great job of, Keeping keeping the industry engaged, um, you know, and yes, you you get to the revenue components quite often. I'd love that, uh, <laughs> uh, but but you know, I think that's, that's on that's brand. reality. Yeah, well, but it's reality, right? And and you know, I and I think about I put myself in the shoes of our clients, and and I think about what what do I think about every day if I'm them, um, and they need to think about you know many things, but obviously, you know, how are they going to get through this? How do they survive? Um, but when they come out the other side, they, they need to have a, a ticketing and a technology partner that's stable, that's there for them and, and can adjust and innovate with them in that, that trial and error mode. And, and, you know, again, we're excited with this community we have and the ability to, to have those conversations with clients and ensure them that, that we're, we're going to be there. Their data, you know, is, is, is safe in our system and, and it's going to be available to them for years to come um, because, because we'll be there every step of the way. Yeah. No, I, and I would definitely, if anybody's, you know, has any questions, they should definitely check to talk to, you know, you and your team because, you know, I, I speak highly of them everywhere I go. Uh, so, you know, uh, not that that's a commercial for audience view, but if it's a commercial because it's coming from me, so be it. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. My pleasure, Dave. Uh, and, and thanks for, for having me on and, and uh, look forward to following you in the in the weeks to come. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Mark. Send me an email. It's Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Make sure you check out my website. It's DaveWakeman.com where you can find out all the stuff I'm up to. You can find my blog. You can find everything. Make sure you connect with me on the social media. As I'm at David Wakeman on Twitter. I'm still looking for that at Dave Wakeman Twitter ha uh, handle. If you can find that guy, he hasn't tweeted in 10 years, over a decade. Get the thing for me. I want it. Um, make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for me. I'm at Dave Wakeman. Uh, make sure you check out my friends and partners. Um, Booking Protect, you know, Look at what Sophie's doing on Instagram with photos, quotes, all kinds of cool stuff about the live 
uh, entertainment industry and bringing memories into our streams to help us keep a positive mindset going forward, uh, visit the Booking Protect website at bookingprotect.com to find out how um, you can offer your fans and your customers refund protection now but also there's just tons of great articles and tons of great lessons learned and resources there about rebuilding trust with your customers uh, building relationships with your customers um, leadership revenue all kinds of stuff and we're going to put a whole lot more stuff up there Um, so check that out that's bookingprotect.com Visit my friends at ActivityStream, ActivityStream.com. They are the people who have put together the We Will Recover initiative. And We Will Recover.live is a home for everything, or maybe not everything, but a lot of stuff to help you figure out how to recover from the pandemic. Um, I listed all the people at the very start. Um, I always list the same people um, because I am a numpty. But check it out at We Will Recover.live. There's classes, videos, blogs, ideas, checklists, all kinds of great stuff, and it con- is constantly expanding. So check them out at WeWillRecover.live and go to ActivityStream.com to check out what Martin and Anar are doing so that you can make sure that you are um, set up for success when this is over, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, as always, I want to thank you for being here. Um, it's such an honor to be able to talk to you all uh, once, twice, sometimes more a week. Um, and so make sure that if you are struggling, if you need somebody to talk to, um, if you just want me to try to make you laugh, send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. Actually, the laugh thing I think I can do. Um, my neighbors came over. We sat in the, the cul-de-sac uh, in front of each of our houses and uh, they had the guys laughing so loud that uh, all the neighbors were yelling at us at 2 o'clock on Saturday night. So I think I can even fulfill the laughter portion of this. But I just want to make sure everybody's okay. Um, send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, check out the Talking Tickets newsletter at talkingtickets.substack.com. This is so much easier to tell people to go to now. Um, you know, and make sure if you haven't already, take part in the Talking Tickets survey. It'll help me understand what ideas, what tools, what things you need to help set you up for success in the future. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And until next time, take it easy. I'll talk to you again soon.